Are you ready to talk sports with one of the leading sports journalists of today? Welcome to All Around Sports with John Inglesby. John's years of experience as a journalist has allowed him to net exclusive interviews with top players, former players, commissioners, and owners. John and his guests are ready to give you the straight word when it comes to sports. Now, let's talk all around sports. Here is your host, John Inglesby. Voice America listeners, welcome to my 373rd ever show of all around sports. Reach Monday at noon Eastern time. We broadcast live from Boston to go all around the world of sports for one hour to discuss what happened this weekend and what's ahead for the week. To join the show, the call-in number is 1-866-472-5788, or you can email me at iir at comcast.net, which comes to me through my website at www.iirsportsoneword.com. As always, I will give you my highlights lowlights, and bizarre news items from this past week. Also, we will be joined next segment by our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Studham, veteran multimedia personality who covers Alabama football and many other sports as well. So my highlight of the week is the Patriots getting a much-needed victory by beating the Philadelphia Eagles down at the link in Philly. In the late window yesterday, uh, great game, went down to the final play. Uh, Nelson Aguilar got his hands on the ball on, uh, on a Hail Mary and uh, couldn't come up with it. Good defense, uh, but then again, it did his hands, so he could have come up with it, but it didn't happen. And the Patriots, after a bye week following the beatdown, by the Baltimore Ravens a couple Sunday nights ago. Uh, were able to pull out a victory on the road, and clearly it was highlighted by uh, Julian Edelman reverting to back to his form when he was a quarterback at Kent State back in the day, and he uh, uh, threw an option pass, Brady lateral to him, and he found a wide-open Patriot receiver, Philip Dorsett, in the end zone, and that really uh, turned the tide around. Patriots just couldn't get anything moving offensively. They would get down. It was just field goals until that play. And it kind of showed in Tom Brady's press conference where he seemed to uh, uh, not be as happy as we're used to after a victory. And... uh, so there seems to be perhaps some frustration there with the offense, but again, it's came down to once again the Patriots' defense uh, looking good. Sacks on Carson Wentz held him to a ridiculously no number, uh, low number of yardage in the second and third quarters after the Eagles got off to a fast start, and uh, and again it was the defense that uh, rose to the occasion, and they have just been uh, having an unbelievable season. For a while, they were putting up historic numbers. The the Ravens' loss kind of put that to the side uh, for now, but uh, the Patriots' calling card, we're not really used to this, been a while, is is clearly the defense these days, uh, as opposed to the Tom Brady-led offense, but if the you know you have to go on their track record, they'll get it together. And if the offense comes around to go with that defense, uh, uh, they'll be heard from again 
in January. And the low light of the week is clearly Miles Garrett using ripping off the helmet of Steelers quarterback Mason Rudolph last Thursday night with the outcome easily decided about eight seconds ago in the game and ripped off Rudolph's helmet and then something we've never seen before in a football field. Certainly I haven't and uh, general consensus among many longtime players and announcers was they hadn't seen it either and he used it as a weapon, hit him in the head with it and... Then uh, Rudolph was pushed from behind by another Browns player. And, of course, Marquise Pouncey, the center for the Pittsburgh Steelers, uh, punched and kicked uh, Garrett when he was laying on the ground under a Steeler offensive lineman, David DeCastro, I believe. So it was quite a a scene, something uh, nobody will forget anytime soon. Uh, All three players uh, that I mentioned, two Browns and one Steeler, course, Garrett suspended for the season, uh, including postseason, and kind of we'll see after that. And, you know, hats off to the NFL. I thought they just handled it perfectly. Uh, got out their decision fairly early on Friday when, frankly, the entire nation was talking about it. It was leading news shows, let alone sports shows. Uh, the whole thing was just surreal. I was watching it live. And uh, and the NFL just, again, I, I felt they just handled it beautifully. Everyone was immediately calling, saying, you know, Miles Garrett should not see the football field again this season. And that's exactly the uh, punishment the NFL laid down. And to their credit, they left it open-ended beyond that point, which I think was uh, was a genius move on their part. And just see how it all goes. Uh, so again, Miles Garrett will not be seeing the field again this season for the Cleveland Browns, and uh, and then just go from there. I, I again, I thought it was just the perfectly appropriate way uh, to handle it. So hats off to the NFL on this one. And uh, my bizarre story of the week again, pretty easy. <laughs> um, the Colin Kaepernick situation on Saturday. You know, there's a lot of lead up to it. It was uh, had a lot of visibility um, as it got put together and uh, in the days leading up to it. Uh, bottom line, he did not go to the Falcons, Atlanta Falcons facility for the workout. There were some last minute glitches and uh, or things that they could not agree on between the NFL and uh, Kaepernick's camp and basically I, I, I think that you know uh, Kaepernick missed a real opportunity clearly a lot of effort had been put in to put this together scouts from numerous teams were going to be there and were there and I, I guess the whole thing fell apart about a half an hour before it was supposed to occur, at, uh, which was scheduled for 3 p.m. Eastern time. Kaepernick then apparently went to a high school stadium and worked out. And a few of the NFL scouts uh, were in attendance there. But it's, uh, you know... It wasn't what was planned by any means. You have to assume just a lot of scouts showed up and 
and Kaepernick wasn't there and just, uh, you know, bizarre, bizarre. That's the only word you can use to describe this situation. Um, so I have trouble imagining that Kaepernick will be uh, uh, welcome to any NFL team after this debacle. And uh, which, in my mind, was completely uh, based on everything I've read and seen, uh, you know, uh, due to Kaepernick's camp, as opposed to the NFL. It felt, it felt and looked like the NFL pretty much bent over backwards to make this happen. Um, so, as always, we'll see where it goes from here. And yesterday was another great NFL Sunday, some great games. Uh, right now, the Ravens are obviously just the hottest team in the NFL. They trounced the Baltimore Ravens 41-7 to yesterday. Um, Lamar Jackson is looking just unbelievable. He's doing some things we really have never seen any quarterback do. And uh, athletically and running, the spin move from a week ago, things like that. Uh, Texans are purported playoff team, uh, just got run over by the Ravens. So the only question I have to ask is, you know, are they peaking too soon? If not, and they can keep this up, uh, they, they look literally unbeatable, especially when you go back to what they did two weeks ago against the, uh, against the Steelers, or excuse me, the Patriots. Uh, Minnesota Vikings. Really, uh, I've been coming around, uh, and their comeback, they were down, I believe, 20 nothing to the Broncos, yet they come back and win that game. Pretty amazing. And then, uh, yeah, Kirk Cousins has really, uh, really uh, upped his game, and, and all credit to him. It's been impressive. Uh, the Cowboys held off the Lions, who did not have Matthew Stafford. Uh, that turned out to be a great game. Um, pretty much went down to the end as well, and Dak Prescott really uh, uh, lit it up. Probably his best game numbers-wise as a pro. So that was, uh, that was impressive, and the Cowboys are coming to play the Patriots uh, this weekend in Gillette Stadium. On Sunday, the late window, 425 Eastern. So that has the potential to be a good game as both teams are coming off, uh, you know, off big victories, to say the least. Uh, especially the Patriots beating the Eagles on the road. That is just, uh, uh, that's a signature win for the Patriots this year. They beat a good team on the road, a really good team. And uh, so, again, Sunday, Patriots-Cowboys should be the marquee game of the weekend. 49ers continue to roll on. They had their hands full with the Cardinals yesterday, and uh, uh, but did manage to hold on. And in fact, Jimmy Garoppolo got him into the end zone late in the game to win it, which was nice to see. Of course, he played for the Patriots as Tom Brady's backup for years, and uh, so big Jimmy G fan. And it's good to see him and the Niners doing so well uh, with the NFL's. Tied for the NFL's best record at, you know, 9-1. and one. Uh, And just looking stronger, uh, you know, as we move along. And they had their hands full losing to Seattle in a great Monday night game. Uh, but they bounced back yesterday. And so they're for real. They're formidable. I don't think anybody out there is questioning that anymore. 
So again, nothing like NFL Sundays, especially as we get to November. And Rams Bears was good last night. Uh, Bears are fading, and now they have the Mitchell Trubisky question. Didn't play the last series. What's that all about? Uh, appears to be a perhaps an injury. We shall see. But uh, given off their great year last year, it's uh, not so great this year. So now let's take our break. And next up will be our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham, veteran multimedia personality who covers Alabama football and many other sports as well. So don't go anywhere. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Looking for the best show about horse racing and handicapping? Want to play the ponies? Join us every week for Winning Ponies with John Engelhart, racing's regular guy, where you'll go inside and behind the scenes with the top jockeys, trainers, agents, and handicappers in the world of horse racing. This show is the perfect complement to the Winning Ponies handicapping website. Listen for top plays for the weekend and the spot play of the week and win prizes just for calling in. Winning Ponies with John Engelhart is live Thursdays at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Network. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network wherever you go. In addition to listening live, you can check out information about your favorite talk show hosts, discover new talk show personalities, add shows to your list of favorites, and listen to all of our show archives on demand. All from your iOS, Amazon Kindle, or Android device. Download it from the Apple App Store, Amazon, or Google Play, and get ready to tune in. The Voice America mobile app, powered by Aircast. Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective, plus topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite hosts. It's just a click away at blog.voiceamerica.com. That's blog.voiceamerica.com. The Voice America Press Blog. All access all the time become our friend on facebook post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline visit facebook.com forward slash voice america the voice america live events channel is here now to showcase your corporate individual or organization's live event visit voiceamerica.com forward slash live events to see all of our past live events and find out more whether it's a multi-day conference, special speaker, or single-day event, we've got everything to make your event a success. We can do a few hours or a few days. For more information about taking your event to the next level, call Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or email info at voiceamerica.com. Again, that's Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or send us an email to info at voiceamerica.com. Voice America is where you you are and where you want to be. Join us around the globe as we broadcast live from some of the most interesting events available. Don't forget to view all our live events, including on-demand access to past events that you may have missed by visiting voiceamerica.com forward slash live events. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network wherever you go. 
In addition to listening live, you can check out information about your favorite talk show hosts, discover new talk show personalities, add shows to your list of favorites, and listen to all of our show archives on demand. All from your iOS, Amazon Kindle, or Android device. Download it from the Apple App Store, Amazon, or Google Play, and get ready to tune in. The Voice America mobile app, powered by Aircast. Voice America presents a new kind of health awareness talk show, the Sharon Kleina Hour, health, environment, and the power of water. Show host Sharon Kleina interviews leading scientists to discover how each of us can become proactive in protecting our personal health environment in an increasingly unhealthy world. Every show offers new information that could save your life. The Sharon Kleiner Hour is health from an environmental perspective, your ultimate source for a personal environmental lifestyle. Listen Mondays at 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel and Wednesdays at 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. You are listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or by sending an email to iir at comcast.net. Now back to the show. Voice America listeners, welcome back to segment two of All Around Sports. And I'm your host, John Inglesby. To join the show, the call-in number is one 866 472-5788 or you can email me at iir at comcast.net and it's that time of the show when our weekly call-in expert A.P. Stedham veteran multimedia personality who covers Alabama football and many other sports as well joins us and A.P. how you doing today? Hey John thank you for having me on the show doing well. well thank you for calling in uh, glad to hear you're doing well I thought you were maybe not doing not so well, given uh, to his devastating injury uh, on Saturday. I'm guessing you were at the game, and it must have been awful to see. Yeah, it was something, John. You know, he had the high ankle sprain, had the operation, was cleared to play, and it was getting closer to the half, and I had said earlier in the week that I thought that Tua should play because, John, if you can recall last year, he had to sit out so many second halves because Alabama was way ahead, and it must have been very frustrating for him, so he wanted to play ball. I mean, he's a competitor, and I know that the plan was to have him on the field for the first half and get a big lead if they could, and that happened, and then put in Mac Jones for the second half, but... It wasn't meant to be. He, he was uh, escaping the rush to his left, and two Mississippi State defenders tackled him, and he dislocated his hip, and a posterior wall crack has a crack. So he's going to be operated today in Houston, Texas. Right, and I saw some film of him, and he seemed in really high spirits, uh, you know, shot from his hospital room, and, you know, all credit to him. I got to say, AP, boy. I don't even know if I've ever heard the term, you know, posterior wall, but it it sure sounds <laughs> ominous and serious. That's <laughs> to say the least. Yes, it does. It sure does, John. But uh, they say that he'll have a full recovery. But but John, when you have surgery, you just don't know until the right. operation is done and how you will rehabilitate. So even though they made that strong statement, we shall wait and see. Correct. Absolutely. We shall wait and see. So, 
I'm sure all of Alabama has him in in their thoughts, and uh, and I hope it goes well. He's, uh, as you know better than anyone, a unique talent, very likable, uh, and uh, if if you ever, yeah, and it came across so well today in in the video that I saw of him and his high spirits, and uh, again, we're all rooting for Tua to have a successful operation today, and. So now I guess Mac Jones will be the starter going forward. Just that simple, right? Yeah, Mac Jones will be the starter. He's played well um, at the times he's been inserted into the lineup. Uh, when he's had the full week to prepare, he's looked much better than when he's just been thrust into the game when there's been an injury situation. So but I have confidence in Mac Jones. Uh, he played quite well a couple of uh, A-day games ago. And he's accurate. He's built along the lines of an A.J. McCarron. I'm not saying he's A.J. McCarron in his abilities, but he's that type of quarterback, tall, lanky, stays in the pocket, throws a soft pass, often accurate throw, can complete passes between the hash lines, hash marks, which is so important when you want to give the defense something to fret about. Right, right. Well, yes, he's, he's more than capable. Uh, everybody that's a backup at Alabama would probably be starting at most any other college in America. So you know that their backups are always quality up to and including quarterback position. Uh, AP, I have to ask, uh, you know, you were there in the stadium, correct? When Tua was injured? Yes. Yes. And it just had to be just cast a pall over the stadium because it was obviously an instantly serious. I mean, he was in anguish. And agony, and I don't know if it was visible for all to see that you know he was like had to leave in hospital, you know, had to leave and was flown by helicopter to a hospital. I don't know if that was something that people were aware of inside the stadium, but the injury itself had to be enough to cast a pall over everything. Yeah, there was a deflation of the excitement about the ball game and. Yeah, people were really somber, and after the game, the players we spoke to, Najee Harris is quite close with with uh, Tua because they from the West Coast. Najee's from California, Tua's from Hawaii. They were recruited in the same class, and their families are close, and so it, they were very dejected. But with time, you move on, and Matt Jones, I think, will be capable, and he can lead the team, and it's a perfect scenario with, with this uh, in regards to the next game because it's Western Carolina a team that they should be handily and they'll have one whole game to get things corrected and, and get in sync with the receivers and you have to go on the road. His first start on the road will be at Auburn, so that's kind of a perilous situation, but I, I believe he's <laughs> up for the task. Yeah. Perfect word, AP, perilous. Uh, you nailed it with that word. That, that, that just says it all right there. Uh, of course, that's the Iron Bowl. Uh, quite possibly the the best rivalry in college football. And, uh, you know, for Auburn, the way I see Auburn is it happened again Saturday where they just, you know, they're, very, they're a good team. They're a quality team. We all know that but they just couldn't quite get it done again again against a ranked team, which was Georgia in this case. And geez, AP, it was like, I don't know. I guess the season's moving quicker than I thought. I was actually just slightly surprised to see that Georgia wrapped up the uh, SEC East with that one. And they're officially in the SEC championship game, right? Yes, they are. And, and 
John, when you look at this ball game, there's so much on the line because Alabama's still in the hunt for the college football playoffs. Now, I, I think there'll be uh, a situation with the polls that come at, that will be coming out tomorrow evening. They'll probably drop Alabama down considering the two is out for the season. Right. But I wouldn't discount Mac Jones. And we've seen Ohio State in the first college football playoff with Cardell Jones, the third-string quarterback, win a national championship, correct? I remember it well, AP. I was at the game. <laughs> I'll never forget it as long right. as I live. Right. Uh, we, we both were there, and we saw right. Cardell Jones uh, with Ezekiel Elliott, 200-plus yards that, that night. I think that was right. his third game in a row with 200 yards. And they beat up Alabama. Alabama had the lead, and they came back to, to win. Yep, right down there at AT&T Stadium, Jerry World in Dallas. Uh, an unforgettable night, to be sure. And uh, it was against Oregon and Marcus Mariota, if I remember correctly. Yeah, that was the uh, championship game. It sure was. And the semifinal yep. was in New Orleans uh, against Alabama. And Ohio State won handily. I think they beat him by about 20 points, I recall. I think right. it was 42 to 20-something. And you were at that one, too. Yes, yeah, I was at, at that game as well, that, that atmosphere. But, yep. uh, Ohio State, I think that the offensive line won that championship for them because – I believe, as I stated, that it was four straight games of Ezekiel Elliott with 200-plus yards. Yes, that's when he served notice to everyone that he was uh, a force, and it certainly has turned out that way. Um, Well, again, SEC, you know, and then we have LSU sitting atop everything right now, the SEC West, as well as, of course, number one in the polls, and... uh, you know, they, they were involved. No surprise, AP. This is the SEC. You know, uh, they did not, you know, they had a competitive game for a while against Ole Miss, down in Ole Miss, down in Oxford, if I believe, if I remember correctly. And uh, so, yeah, again, there, there's no weeks off in the SEC. And it happened with LSU this weekend. They finally pulled away, rang up, you know, that offense got going. But again, you know, they were they were tested for a time there. Yeah, there was some outrageous rushing number, though, by Ole Miss, right? Three, four hundred yards, John, exactly. in that game. It was, yeah, I mean, that can't happen if LSU's trying to win a championship because they play a team with a better defense and uh, the, the p- opponent can run. LSU's offense, offense won't be on the field. Yep, that could be an Achilles heel that we might we, we potentially saw there. And uh, as we know, there's a lot of good running backs out there with various great programs. So, uh, yeah, they, they need to be careful of that. And so things are really just settling in. Again, you know, it just snuck up on me that if Georgia won on Saturday, they were in the SEC championship game. And so from the West, it's pretty much down to Alabama and LSU, correct? Yeah, but LSU because uh, they have to be A&M and – uh, I think they may have another point there, but they, uh, they would have to lose twice for Alabama to get him. So really, essentially, it's LSU. It is. Uh, so it'll be LSU and Georgia, which, by the way, uh, just saying it here, that should be a great game in and of its own. Joe Burrow, LSU quarterback, continues to, uh, you know, just look incredible, probably leading the Heisman race right now. And, uh, yeah. yeah. He's overwhelming so. everybody. He's o- overwhelming every team he plays against. He is. He is, you know, and frankly, I love the story because it felt like he was, you know, he transferred from Ohio State. He's the son of a coach and 
he was a bit of a cast off. I guess he was, you know, beaten out after being on the bench for a couple of years. And, you know, the day it was announced that he wasn't going to be the starting quarterback or the, soon thereafter, off he went to LSU. And he certainly picked the right program for him and for them. Yes, it's the perfect scenario. I mean, and his brothers and his dad were at Nebraska coaching there or something. His dad, I think, right? And brothers right. played in Nebraska. They, they didn't. They didn't. Uh, you didn't get a whiff from them. A, a sniff. A sniff from them. I mean, exactly, exactly. Um, from the Cornhuskers. Cornhuskers, right? They didn't approach him at all to become a Cornhusker. Wow, that's amazing. Well, AP. We're here at the end of our first segment together, so why don't we take our break? Still a lot more to get to on the other side. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. Have we got a high-energy, all-access sports show for you. It's Outside the Huddle, starring Lemond Williams. Each week, join Lemond as he takes callers, discusses the week's top stories in the world of sports, and sits down with active and former players to discuss their transition from sports to business. Outside the Huddle is a great resource for players making career transitions both on and off the field. Tune in Wednesdays at 8 p.m. Eastern, 7 Central, and 5 Pacific. For Outside the Huddle on the Voice America Sports Channel. Voice America presents a new kind of health awareness talk show. The Sharon Kleina Hour. Health, environment, and the power of water. Show host Sharon Kleina interviews leading scientists to discover how each of us can become proactive in protecting our personal health environment in an increasingly unhealthy world. Every show offers new information that could save your life. The Sharon Kleina Hour is health from an environmental perspective. Your ultimate source for a personal environmental lifestyle. Listen Mondays at 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel and Wednesdays at 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. Streaming live. The leader in Internet talk radio. VoiceAmerica.com You are listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or by sending an email to IIR at Comcast.net. Now back to the show. Voice America listeners, welcome back to segment three of All Around Sports, and I'm your host, John Inglesby. To join the show, the call-in number is 1-866-472-5788, or you can email me at iir at comcast.net. And back on the line with us is our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Studham, veteran multimedia personality who covers Alabama football and many other sports as well. 
And AP, we ended the previous segment talking about SEC and, of course, mentioning LSU, number one and undefeated, but a couple of undefeateds fell over the weekend. I was lucky enough to be watching the end of that Oklahoma-Baylor game. Baylor jumped out to an early, quick, big lead, and Oklahoma and Jalen Hurts, someone you know well from his Alabama days, uh, put together one of the greatest comebacks, actually the greatest comeback in Oklahoma's glorious history, which is really saying something. <laughs> the best comeback yeah. in the history of Oklahoma football. That, that's an amazing statistic. And uh, as good as it gets, you know, especially when you factor in that they did so to beat, to knock an undefeated team from the ranks of the undefeated in Baylor's own stadium. That was an incredible second half. Yeah, John, that's unbelievable the way Jalen Hurst led that team. Um, and he didn't have his top receiver, C.D. Lamb. So Correct. that's even more impressive. Right. Yeah, Not only his top team. receiver, but one of the most dynamic players in all of college football. Yeah, he is, he's a handful to guard. He's, he's very difficult to guard. So, but I, John, I think I read this. I'm not sure. Was there somebody on the on the Baylor staff that was associated with the Atlanta Falcons? The same 28 to three lead that, that they held in the Super Bowl against the Patriots. Did I read that correctly? Oh, geez, I, I missed that one. There's always stories like this that. <laughs> often trickle out from historic games, and I, I did not pick up on that one, but I'll, I'll research it. Uh, amazing amazing little factoid if it's true. Um, but yeah, Baylor's offense, uh, I don't think they scored a point in the second half. Um, obviously, they ran up to the big lead, but you, you know, as good as the Oklahoma offense was in coming back, and all credit to them, but the defense for Oklahoma just really... Uh, shut down Baylor completely in the second half, which, uh, but there, it was, you know, bo both sides of the ball for Oklahoma just came to play. I mean, their season was on the line as far as college football playoff to remain at one loss. They lost to Kansas State a while back, but again, uh, good for them. Uh, it's, uh, it's just one of the best comebacks we've seen in years. Again, the fact it was at Baylor, the fact Baylor was undefeated, Saturday night game, all the elements were there for just an incredible uh, college football comeback, to say the least. Yeah, John, it's amazing the adjustments that were made by the Oklahoma defense in the second half. I mean, how do you shut someone down just moving up and down the field Correct. in the first half and then the second half? They can't move the football at all. I know. It was just amazing to watch. Um, yeah, it kind of reminded me of the Patriots yesterday in that the Patriots, you know, the Eagles, frankly, just owned the first quarter yesterday against the Patriots down in Philly. And then in the second and third quarters, the Patriots defense held them to something ridiculous, like 37 yards or whatever. Um and then it was it all made for a great fourth quarter, but neither here nor there. Um, yeah, so all credit to Oklahoma. You know they kept their hopes alive, and a couple other teams did too. Again, two undefeated teams fell, so that would include Baylor, but also Minnesota. Um, I wasn't surprised by this AP. I watched, of course, Minnesota to their credit beat Penn State up in uh, Minnesota in what was the biggest game there in decades. And, you know, the, the crowd was 
a factor. They were that good that day in Minnesota. Again, the biggest college football played in the game in that state in decades. And uh, But as often happens, AP, uh, they went up against a good team, Iowa, and, and lost. So their undefeated season is over. And, uh, and yet Penn State still has a path, AP. Um, you know, it, it, it seems like every year it comes down to this. and it, It's coming down again this Saturday at noon Eastern time. Penn State at Ohio State. And if they win that and win the Big Ten championship, uh, ostensibly, you know, people assume they beat Ohio State that they would play Minnesota, and they still may in the Big Ten championship. Uh, so we, we shall see. You know, the same, same applies to Ohio State. Um, the winner of the Penn State-Ohio State game has an excellent chance to get to the college football playoff, assuming they win the Big Ten championship. So, yeah. So Penn State had a, had their hands full up at, up at Beaver Stadium with Indiana. I watched that whole game in Pennsylvania, as a matter of fact, which was fun. And, uh, and yeah, so they held on. They did what they needed to do. wasn't pretty. Went to the end as well. And, again, Iowa beats Minnesota. So uh, we'll see how this all shakes out. But Penn State, Ohio State at noon Saturday. Uh, appointment television, certainly, certainly for me and, and many others. Yeah, John, that's a, quite a dynamic up there, those three teams. What if Penn State wins the Ohio State game, then they have a rematch with Minnesota? I think, you know, Penn State definitely be in the playoff. And I think that Minnesota, uh, if they win out, if they can finish up that side of the division and play either Penn State or Ohio State in the championship, you can see Minnesota in the playoffs. But I don't know how likely that is, given that Ohio State's been dominant over most of the teams in that league dominant you're absolutely right and you know let's face it i mean minnesota has not been getting a lot of respect with their uh former eight no record um but they certainly got everybody's attention when they beat penn state a week ago saturday nine days ago and and again it often happens ap there's no question you know between the emotion uh, that was on display against Penn State, both from the team and the crowd, as well as, you know, when you play teams like Penn State or, or the, you know, the elite of college football, you take a beating physically. You just do. And, yes. you know, it often shows itself the following week because you work through it, uh, you know, during the game itself. The Minnesota players, I'm sure they had their hands full with Penn State, but, you know, you, you're so emotional. It doesn't show itself, but it often rears its ugly head. A week later, it's exactly what happened. But I was a good team, too. That's not, you know, you, you could see this one coming a mile away. I, at least I did. Uh, when I saw they were playing Iowa next, I was like, oh, boy. Uh, that, that's going to be a really tough game for them, to say the least. Yeah, yeah. I was uh, probably the one of the best teams that spoiled someone else's season uh, through they the years. Are. and. And so, you know, for that loss to be on the road, that's considered a good loss. So if I'm in the Minnesota program, I'm looking forward with optimism. Right. Exactly. Um, yeah, there, there, there's really, you know, a lot to like about Minnesota. I think they've really been one of the best stories in college football this year, for sure. And uh, so, yeah, it's... Uh, 
you know, I wish them well. Again, I, I you know, I, I may have grown up uh, in Penn, near Penn State, and I'm a Penn State guy, so I have all the respect for what they did against Penn State uh, nine days ago. So I, I, I would like to see it turn out well for them in whatever fashion, uh, you know, that occurs. But P.J. Fleck, he, he put them on the map this year, no matter what. Uh, you know, they're... they're they're where they haven't been in decades, and now they're in the, the you know they're in the national consciousness of college football, big time college football. So good for them. I think it's great. Of course, Tony Dungy played there. So I remember when he played, went from Minnesota quarterback to play defensive back for the Steelers under Chuck Knoll, where he learned all the great things he's learned to become a great coach and, and now commentator. So yes, uh, so it's nice to see AP. It really is. Oh, yeah, and I remember they had Glenn Mason up there with the coach at Minnesota. He did a good job for a number of years. So you can win uh, uh, a fair number of games at that university in football, but you have to have a, uh, an excellent plan because they don't have the speed in that state, so you have to go outside, but you have, but you have the size and, and the bulk of your offensive and defensive linemen. Correct, correct. Um so, yeah, it's uh, Big Ten, again, coming down to the wire. And then, by the way, just let me throw this out there that, you know, you talk about the week after. Of course, Michigan has finally come around. I think they found themselves. I was there at the whiteout against Penn State in the second half when they were uh, getting beat pretty good. And, boy, the Shea Patterson and the gang just, they really, really rose up. They couldn't quite pull it off that night. Um but ever since then, they've been on a roll. And given that I don't think Jim Harbaugh has beaten Ohio State since he's been back to Michigan as the coach, whatever, four or five years. No. Of course, no, we're talking Urban. Yeah, you're right. He hasn't. And, of course, we're talking, you know, Harbaugh versus Urban Meyer, no longer the case. But it's in the big house this year, a week from Saturday, the day of the Alabama game, I believe, Alabama-Auburn. So, yeah, I, I, I think Ohio State. Uh, if they win the next two games, they're they're certainly going to you, you know have deserved that number one ranking, no doubt about it. Well, although they're not number one, they've fallen behind LSU, but they were number one for a couple of weeks till LSU beat Alabama, and yeah, they're, that, they're right there. Be, yeah, that could be quite a debate, though. Might might get some debate by the committee, but I think, I think so. LSU beat some some other teams, more teams that were ranked. I think. So I, I think that they'll stay at top at number one. I think you're right. It's tough to, you know, it's tough to take out LSU, but at this point you you could get away with, you know, it's kind of a one-on-one-A situation. Uh, LSU one, Ohio State two, but technically one-A. But again, we'll see. Yeah, if, if LSU and Ohio State all went out, that could be an intriguing debate. Yeah, I, I think that LSU, John, they would be in a position to probably be back in Atlanta for two back-to-back games. Right. That's a good point. SEC, champion, SEC championship and then the semifinal would be three weeks later. On That's played on a Saturday afternoon or evening, depending on how they bracket the, the four teams. Yeah, to be on the 7th is the SEC championship and then the 28th is the semifinal football game at the Peach Bowl in Atlanta and the Fiesta Bowl in Arizona. 
Yeah, and then to, the icing on the cake, AP, is if they win all these, the national championship game is in New Orleans, correct? As in Louisiana. <laughs> As in an hour yeah, away think, from yeah, Baton Rouge. Right, John. Yeah, and if you try to buy a ticket to that game, you might have to call up your uncle or something because that ticket's <laughs> going to be high-priced. Absolutely. It's going to be like when Georgia played Alabama in the national championship in uh, Atlanta. You know, an hour away from Athens, it's the exact same scenario. And you're right, AP. That would be the hottest ticket probably maybe in Louisiana history. I think so. I think so, really. Yeah, I you would know. hotter than the last time because uh, I think, you know, being the number one seed, I, I think of the four teams, uh, last time they were number one in going against Alabama because they'd beat them in Tuscaloosa 9-6. But I think this would be a hotter ticket. And, of course, the price is higher now than it was uh, during this college football playoff system. Exactly, exactly. Well, it's going to be fun to watch. AP, we still have a few more things to get to. But for now, it's time for our final break, and we'll get to everything else on the other side. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. Have you checked out Teen Wealth Radio? It's a show for teens, their parents, and educators. Hosted by Brandy England. Along with regular weekly contributors, Teen Wealth Radio will cover the topics that teens need to talk about. Plus, we discuss a book of the week and a movie of the week. And each show will offer a challenge to our teen listeners that they can share on our private Facebook group page. Be sure to tune in to Teen Wealth Radio. Live every Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific, on Voice America Variety. Tune in to the Voice America Variety Channel on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Voice America Variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics reaching a global community. Our experts come from all walks of life and the topics they discuss are everything from current events, arts and entertainment, leadership, parenting, relationships, self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's hot topics. Are you ready for a broad look at everything to do with the world of sports? If so, tune in to the Mike Abadir Show. It's a unique perspective to the connections between sports and business. Host Mike Abadir has negotiated numerous deals in the NFL. Along with co-host Gino Bacola, Mike will bring his expertise, discussion, and some terrific guests to the airwaves. Listen live for the Mike Abadir Show every Thursday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America variety channel stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast all the time the number one internet talk station where your opinion counts voiceamerica.com you are listening to all around sports with your host john inglesby become a part of today's show by calling 1-866-472-5788 that's 1-866-472-5788. Or by sending an email to iir at comcast.net. Now back to the show. Voice America listeners, welcome back to the fourth and final segment of All Around Sports. 
I'm your host, John Inglesby. And back on the line with us is our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Studham, veteran multimedia personality who covers Alabama football and many other sports as well. Before we get started, my pick of the week for appointment viewing is Penn State at Ohio State from Columbus this Saturday at noon. Uh, should decide the uh, potentially uh, the the Big Ten East and going to have major impact on the college football playoff. And AP, uh, Justin Field is the quarterback for Ohio State. He's had a tremendous year. And you, and you made a really interesting observation regarding both Justin as well as just the Heisman race in general. Yeah, John, just Jalen Hurts has always been noted for being at Alabama and that storybook ending that he had in the SEC championship game last year, made it to Oklahoma. Justin Fields was part of that game as well on the uh, noted fourth down that failed on a fourth and 11 play that turned the game around. He, he transferred to Ohio State. And then you have Joe Burrow transferred from Ohio State a few years ago to LSU. So the three leading candidates for the Heisman Trophy transfers. And the coaches always are saying to play through the adversity, well, these three gentlemen chose to leave their uh, original program, and they found success in other programs. Exactly. And, of course, the highest-profile position, quarterback. And, yes, I mean, wow, you know, good job putting that, uh, tying that all together because, you know, this is the kind of thing, AP, where, you know, you, you talk trends that, you know, any, any young quarterback out there witnessing this, uh, the top three Heisman candidates right now, all big names, are all transfers who went on to uh, bigger and better things at the school they transferred to. And it's really amazing, especially when you just sort of say, like, it's so ironic that, you know, Joe Burrow transferred from Ohio State to LSU and Justin Fields transferred to Ohio to Ohio State from Georgia, and lo and behold, we just talked about this. They're like one and two in college football. They could very well meet in the national championship game. <laughs> I mean, it's, you can't make this stuff up, AP. That's for sure. No. No, they, two of them transferred out of the Southeastern Conference. One of them transferred to the Southeastern Conference. Exactly right. It's it's really, it's pretty remarkable. Um and, you know, just, again, the kind of thing that could forever uh, alter, you know, how transfers are going to look at things. Uh, put it this way, they're going to have a, you know, they're, they're going to have a quick trigger now. You know, I think it's just going to, there's so many good quarterbacks out there. You know, again, the second stringers at countless colleges are fabulous players, obviously, you know. They're the best players in their state for the most part. Uh, you know, heralded careers, and and you know, I, I think we're going to see. And we've already seen it, but I think it's going to become kind of routine almost. Is you know, the day after a starting quarterback is announced by a college football program, the backup is in many cases going to transfer. I think it's just going to. That's what we're going to see a lot of, to say the least. Because with all this, there's still a lot of schools out there looking. You know. For their, for the big number one quarterback to come in. 
Yes, absolutely. I mean, that's going to be the protocol, John. You, you enroll early in January. You find out the lay of the land. And then yep. you're going to make your decision. That's a very good point about January, AP. You, you get, yeah, you're there for the spring semester, and you said it perfectly. You get the lay of the land. And then you're going to be up against stiff competition. And, yeah, I mean, and this is no surprise to us, by the way. You and I talked early on with the transfer portal. It, it took a little while to kind of get rolling, but it's rolling now. And, you know, we talked about this year or two ago that, uh, you know, the impact is going to be tremendous. And I think we're, we're already seeing it, but we're, out, we're about to see it, you know, in a broad way in the next year or two. Like, just, again, become nearly routine. And, and people will probably become better at selecting the second school. Because Correct. I know that there are quite a, few, quite a few people in the transfer portal that didn't get picked up. Exactly right. Exactly right. Um, now it changes the landscape because suddenly you just have, you know, the usual, you know, college football programs that believe they're, you know, one player away, often a quarterback away from competing, getting the national championship, the college football playoff and uh, big name programs. I'm not talking the little, I'm talking the big guys, big, big name programs. Uh, just as we've seen with Justin Field, Jalen Hurts and, uh, and Joe Burrow, all perf- classic, classic examples. And there's a, there's just a whole lot of those opportunities out there uh, for top 10, top 25 type teams. So it's going to be fascinating, no doubt about it. Um, and yeah, we're really getting down to it now, AP, uh, you know, with uh, the college football playoff committee really feels like it's going to have their work cut out for them this year. Um, there's still teams that are undefeated, uh, you know, that, that could get a loss, no doubt about it. Yeah, the college football committee this year, John, they're going to be debating quite a bit, probably that fourth spot. Um, if the other teams uh, are chalk, meaning LSU, Ohio State, Clemson, that fourth team, that's going to be, uh, I think, a hellacious debate. Well said, AP. Hellacious. And boy, you just said the key word, a word that we haven't mentioned yet in this show, consistent with how the season's gone, Clemson. I, you, they've almost become the forgotten team, despite the fact they're defending national championship champions. And you said it perfectly. I'm glad you brought them up. They're, they're, it's hard to believe. It's almost like they're sort of hanging around in the background. But that's exactly the way this season has unfolded. So... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, don't don't sleep on Clemson. And from there, if those three remain undefeated, highly likely, more than possible. Then, AP, we have, yeah, a whole lot of one-loss teams just fighting it out. And I think basically it's going to get decided. You know, how does Penn State play against Ohio State? Um, you know, that type of thing. Um, and we'll go from there. But, yeah, that, that that's going to be really fascinating, to say the least. Yeah, John, I, I can't wait for the next couple of weeks. And a lot of good football to be played, good matchups, intriguing uh, storylines. And let's see if these teams down at the top, uh, like Ohio State, Clemson, they're used to the publicity, the hype, 
in uh, receiving the best uh, effort of the other team. LSU, Correct. they haven't they haven't been there in a while. Let's let's see how let's see how they man up. Correct. Yeah. The, again, good point. It's not like yeah, a lot of pressure on all these teams and. Some haven't been there as often as Alabama and Clemson in recent years, obviously. <laughs> They've kind of owned it. Uh, so Clemson could have an edge when it comes to that. But AP, hard to believe we're at the end of our show. I want to thank you. Great college football talk. Great perspective from you, as always. And uh, I just want to thank you for calling in and providing your awesome perspective. Thank you, John. My pleasure, as always. And as always. Thank you all for listening to All Around Sports, and we look forward to doing it all again next Monday at noon Eastern Time. Thanks again for tuning into All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Be sure to tune in again next Monday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, 12 noon Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have a terrific weekend, and we'll talk sports again next week.